Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, January 15th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski. Um, just me today, uh, but we will get a little taste of Truman on Thursday because this is a very exciting week. I'm not going to give it away. Uh, you'll have to stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter if you want to get the update early. Um, but we have some big things going on this week and next week. And, you know, we're really excited um, for all the stuff that's going on. Um, but stay tuned. Like I said, follow us on Twitter, uh, TNT Sports Talk 12. Um, that's where you're going to get the update tomorrow about what's going on on Thursday's show, Tuesday's show, and hopefully you know a couple more shows um, past that. But we are very excited to uh, what's what's been what we're about to bring to the show. Um, and like I said, stay tuned on Wednesday because uh, we're gonna we've been working very hard to get to provide with what we're going to provide you with on Thursday. Uh, so I hope you like it. Um, and we hope we do a good job on it. But tune in on Thursday. Uh, hopefully you'll like. Um, You'll like what you'll see when when you uh, look on the Twitter on Wednesday and you get the update. Um, but we are going to start with football like we always start because football is king and is what's happening right now. Um, the divisional playoffs were this weekend. I believe looking at this, I went 2-2. Two and two. I believe I got both games right on Saturday and both games wrong on Sunday. Um... So a pretty good record, nice 500 record. Uh, but let's talk about these games. So let's start with the first one in Kansas City, Indianapolis versus Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs won 31 to 13, absolutely shredding any sort of doubt people had around Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs uh, when it comes to the playoffs. You know, past years the uh, the Chiefs hasn't haven't played well when it comes to the playoffs. You know, they've struggled. Andy Reid hasn't been uh, as well in later of the years as yeah, as he has been in the past, uh, he struggles when it comes to the playoffs. But this was a little bit different. He actually did a pretty good game. He actually coached a pretty good game. And Pat Mahomes, the pretty much the rookie, he didn't play at all his first year, just went in and dominated from snap one to snap whatever to the last snap of the game. Uh, it looked pretty clear early on in this game that the Colts just were no match for the Chiefs um, and their offense and their defense. The Chiefs' defense played the best game they've played all year, which is surprising because they were without Eric Berry. Um, I think it was one point where the Chiefs had like a bunch of first downs uh, and the Colts didn't have any. Uh, it was just an absolute domination, which is something we haven't seen from the Chiefs at all this year. I don't know what happened. I don't know if the Chiefs just had a good scheme against the Colts. I don't know if the week off helped them. I'm not sure what happened, but if the Chiefs can keep up this level of defense, I have no reason to believe that they won't make it to the Super Bowl and maybe even win. Um, that's been the biggest knock on the Chiefs this year is uh, their defense. You know, their defense not being able to stop anybody. You know, they're usually involved in these shootouts, but they played close to a perfect game, um, and it was... A dominating effort from the from the Chiefs from snap one to snap, you know, like I said, the last snap of the game. But again, uh, even though it was a good game, uh, I think we saw a little bit of a uh, uh, a matchup, a little bit of a matchup that we'll see for the next couple years. I think both of these teams are up and coming on the rise. Uh, I trust that the Colts will be again be back there next year, but they're going to need to come with more firepower than what they did in this game. Uh, I think their only touchdown was on a block punt, um, and like I said, the Chiefs just played a pr almost perfect game. It was pretty obvious, like I said, from 
from the first snap that the Chiefs were going to win this game. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected anything different. I think everybody was it was going to be a bit of a shock if the Colts were able to upset the Chiefs. But uh, um, it was a good game, a good season for the Colts. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, you know, we were promised though it was supposed to be like a big snowstorm, all this stuff, and it was kind of a light light snow day and it was just kind of you know it's cold but it wasn't too bad um, but apparently next sunday uh we are going to get a little bit more snow than what we did in this game so that will be a good test for pa patrick mahomes um and the uh chiefs defense because they're going to have a really big test on the road at home uh when the patriots come to town which we will talk about in a little bit but 31 to 13 the chiefs ended up winning that game like i said any sort of worry that you had about Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs kind of went right out the window. Um, he played a really good game. Um, you know, he didn't have any touchdowns, but he was just slinging the ball everywhere. And Damian Williams, you got to give that guy the biggest credit any player you can ever give in the world. Um, Damian Williams was in a rough situation, you know, when Kareem Hunt got cut, uh, everybody kind of expected them to go to Spencer Ware, then Spencer Ware got hurt, um, and it was Damian Williams' job, and he was kind of like a practice squad guy, up and up, and up in, uh, you know, the active roster every now and then, but he wasn't a staple of the active roster, he never really expected to touch the field this year, and why should he with, uh, Kareem Hunt leading the way, but then, like I said, some things happened, Kareem Hunt was cut, Spencer Ware was hurt, and now he was forced into primetime action. He was going to be the starting running back for a playoff team, um, and he hasn't wavered at all. He has been amazing. You know, he had 129 rushing yards. He had a touchdown. It was just a great game for him, and I think it was kind of a coming-out party on the national spotlight for him. Uh, and their other guy, you know, Daryl Williams, you know, he also played well. Uh, I think this Andy Reid scheme uh, is very good for running backs, and this offense is going to be pretty hard to stop. Uh, and I wouldn't want to be in front of them, you know, the way they're going right now. But like I said, 31 to 13, the Chiefs got the win over the Colts. Uh, we're going to move now to the next game: Dallas versus the Rams. Uh, the Rams got the win, 30 to 22. Um, this was an interesting game. C.J. Anderson, where did he come from? Nobody expected C.J. Anderson to make this big of an impact. This late in the season, you know, he was a Pro Bowl running back for the Broncos. He ended up getting cut, which was surprising. I never really thought C.J. Anderson got the level of respect he deserved. Um, he is a Pro Bowl caliber running back um, when he gets his snaps, but he was in kind of a rough system with the uh, Broncos. You know, they wanted to run a couple other guys, uh, and he was kind of the odd man out. So he went to the Patriots, went to the Panthers, sorry, expecting to be kind of the Jonathan Stewart type that Jonathan Stewart was a couple years ago behind Christian McCaffrey. Um, he wasn't expected to be the lead guy by any means, um, but it just didn't work out there. He didn't get the carries he deserved, uh, and he wasn't getting the type of production when he did get the carries uh, that the Panthers wanted, so they ended up cutting him. And so the Rams signed him late, and I don't think anybody really expected anything from it. You know, he was just going to be kind of a backup to Todd Gurley. Um, but in the NFL, you know, you got to stay ready. Uh, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how many names might be behind you on the death chart, no matter how many times you've been cut, uh, you just have to stay ready because you never know when your moment is going to show up and it's going to be right in front of you. Um, and if you're not prepared, you're going to be out of the NFL quickly. And guys like C.J. Anderson know how to stay prepared for whenever their name is called. Um, and his name was called a lot on uh, Saturday night. You know, he came into this game, you know, but Todd Gurley was banged up the last couple of games, but he was supposed to be the backup. Um, you know, Todd Gurley, uh, 
was supposed to be uh, the main star back, and he was. He had a great game. Ty Curley had 115 rushing yards uh, and a touchdown. But C.J. Anderson, 123 yards on 23 carries and two touchdowns. He was just a bowling ball out there, and he played so well for the uh, Rams. Um, and like I said, you look at the, the rushing yards here, uh, C.J. Anderson had 123, uh, and Todd Gurley had 115. That's almost 250 yards combined between the two of them. Running against, which is arguably the best linebacker core in the country. You know, you got Van Der Esch, who's been Defensive Rookie of the Year candidate. Jalen Smith, who's a Pro Bowl caliber player. Sean Lee, when healthy, is also a Pro Bowl caliber player. And they had all three available in this game. And they just weren't bringing it at all. Um, you know, you saw Chris Richards screaming at Van Der Esch and Lee on the sidelines because they were just getting gashed time and time again. Uh, you know, Jared Goff only had 180 passing yards. He didn't do much in the air, but... The running game was just deadly. They just gashed them over and over and over again. And when you have a running game like that, it's very, very difficult to stop, um, especially in the playoffs. You know, as soon as you start getting gashed over and over again, you start getting gassed, you start getting tired. Um, you know, offensive linemen are just slamming into the defensive line every single snap, uh, and their bodies are just getting tired. Um, and they just, you know, uh, sort of rely on the fact that maybe the running back will get tired and they'll be able to kind of catch up. But when you have two great running backs like Anderson and Gurley, uh, you know, you're going to get a fresh body almost every single snap, and that's just impossible to stop when you're moving well. Um, so credit to Sean McVay. I think this could have been a game where if Sean McVay would have lost, everybody would have kind of, you know, took a step back on him for a minute um, and, uh, you know, started to ask themselves, is Sean McVay really as good as everybody thinks? Um but credit to him, he won his first playoff game, and it wasn't an easy team to play against. Uh, Dallas had some moments this year where everyone thought they'd be a Super Bowl contender. Um, but thankfully, they got knocked out because nobody likes the Cowboys except Cowboys fans. Um, I think it's starting... People have been saying it for a long time, but I think we need to start saying it. Dallas is no longer America's team. Nobody likes Dallas except people from Dallas. Nobody cares... or Nobody likes... it. Let me rephrase that. Nobody likes the Cowboys... Except people from Texas or front runners who just think, oh, five Super Bowl rings, you know, all this stuff. Uh, I'm gonna root for the Cowboys. Nobody likes the Cowboys except front runners and and uh, people from Texas. So we need to start getting rid of this America's team sort of motto and put that on a different team or you know whatever you want to do. I just think we need to get rid of Dallas as America's team because there no, nobody likes Dallas. Okay. Uh, they end up going home, and America ends up going home happy. So it was a good game. Uh, Saturday, you know, the games, the Rams game, you could kind of tell the Rams were going to win that game. Although it got close towards the end, you could kind of tell the Rams were the better team. Um, and then same with the first game, you could tell the Chiefs were the better team. And Sunday, the first game, you could really tell who was the better team. Uh, first game, Chargers were going to Foxborough, uh, and the Patriots ended up winning 41 to 28. That score is in nowhere near what that score is nowhere near um, explaining what happened in this game. This was an absolute ass kicking from the New England Patriots. The Chargers just did not bring it at all. They came into this game, the Chargers. If you don't know, you know, if you haven't watched a lot of Chargers football, I haven't this year, but I've, you know, looked at this a lot. They run a lot of zone defense. They they like to have a lot of defensive backs on the field. Um, 
you know, and they ha- and they have the ability to do that. You know, Desmond King, Casey Hayward, Derwin James are all very talented uh, defensive backs, and they can pretty much rover the field anywhere, um, and they can cover anybody because they're just their speed and their quickness and their strength and their instincts are so great. Um, but that doesn't matter when you have Tom Brady. Uh, like I said, they like to do a lot of seven uh, defensive back situations. And then they got Bosa and Ingram rushing the passer. Uh, which is a pretty good pass rushing combo, but when they aren't getting, um, but what what happens is the Patriots are just smarter than everybody. They know how to beat the zone defense. You don't come into Foxborough running a zone defense and not expect to get your ass kicked. Um, I don't really understand uh, what G- Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator for the Chargers, was thinking um, running that type of defense. It just doesn't work against the Patriots. James White, and I can pull up the stats real quick. James White in this game uh, caught a bunch of balls um if I can find it real quick. He caught 15 balls for 97 yards. It was just not a ton of yards, but they were just dink and dunk type of things. Um, and it was just a dominating performance from their defense as well. Uh, and this is the, what happens with the Patriots. Everybody writes them off. Everybody says nothing about them, and we start to underestimate them. Um, and not, next thing you know, they kick your ass in the playoffs. And before you can really start to uh, properly estimate them and their talent level, uh, they're standing there with a Lombardi trophy. So we got to start paying more attention to the Patriots. Until Belichick and Brady leaves, we cannot rule out the Patriots anymore. I'm just, I, I make the mistake constantly. I picked the Dolphins early on in the year to beat the Patriots, and it didn't happen. They ended up dominating them. Uh, and then I said, I said, I told you guys, I'm not going to pick against the Patriots anymore. But a couple things happened during the season, and you know, I found myself doubting the Patriots again, and did, and they ended up. You know, I picked the Chargers in this game, and the Chargers got embarrassed. So, it was just a good game all around for the Patriots. You know, I just don't understand what the Chargers were thinking. Um, you know, when you have a good pass rushing combo like Bosa and Ingram, you know, they can get to the quarterback fast, uh, but they can't get there in a second. You know, uh, that's the, the amount of time it takes for Brady to hold onto the ball. He's just going to dink it off to another receiver. Um and just the zone defense just wasn't working out, you know. There was a million times that game, you know, early on you could tell just it was just going to be ugly from the beginning, you know. There was a little bit of a fight back from the Chargers in the second half, but uh, I think the halftime it was like 31-7 to and it just wasn't even a game almost worth, not even worth watching anymore. You know, the Keenan Allen pass, which, you know, got them their first touchdown, made it 7-7, was the closest it pretty much was all game. Um and that was just because of blown coverage, but that doesn't usually happen with the Patriots. And then, you know, every every year it's like, oh, well, the Patriots don't have a good defense. Their defense is not as good as it used to be. Um, and then they end up, you know, completely shutting out uh, one of the best core, completely killing the best one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year in Philip Rivers. Uh, so this sucks. You know, we got to watch the Patriots in another um, championship level game. Uh, it sucks. Football sucks when they're in it. Uh, but until a team can beat them, you know, they're going to be in it every single year. And you, you got to, as much as you hate them, you got to give them a little bit of credit for that. You know, everybody hates them. Everybody writes them off, but they just are constantly there. Their offense is surgically good. Um, and it's really hard to beat. You got to play your best to beat the Patriots. You got to play your, you got to be on the road. You got to be at home. You can't, you won't beat the Patriots in Foxborough. Okay. Um, uh, especially in the playoffs and to beat them. You gotta play your best 
and you got to hope the Patriots play their worst. Because even your best isn't good enough sometimes. Uh, and it was just, it was a mess on Sunday. And if you didn't watch it, you're, you're, you probably made the right decision because it was ugly. Uh, and some people are still traumatized by this game because, you know, everybody thought this is the year. We get to see a different team in the, in the AFC Championship game. But nope. Uh, the last time the Patriots weren't in the AFC Championship game, Mark Sanchez was leading the, the the Jets, and we all know how big of a mess that was. So it sucks, but what are you gonna do? Next game, Philadelphia, New Orleans. New Orleans won twenty to fourteen. Nick Foles' magic ran out in this game. I think there's a bunch of reasons why um, it ran out. Uh, you know, you saw early on in the game the. Uh, Eagles were up 14 nothing, and everybody was like, oh, Eagles are going to you know, win this game. Nick Foles, Foles magic, you know. Uh, but it just didn't work out. It didn't sustain, you know, for the whole period yet. The Eagles had a lot of injuries, you know, in this game. Fletcher Cox was banged up. Michael Bennett was banged up. You know, they really didn't have the same level of defensive uh, help as they're used to. Um, and Drew Brees just came in this game and, you know, Played well. As soon as he saw his 14 nothing, uh, he showed us why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Um, and then shout out to uh, to Lattimore for the uh, Saints. He had two picks uh, in this game. He played his ass off, uh, and it was just a good game all around for the uh, for the Saints. And Michael Thomas, we got to start talking about him more. Uh, Michael Thomas, 12 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. He is. In conversation, I think top three wide receiver in the NFL. Honestly, if I have to say it, I'm saying the top three in no order is Hopkins, um, Antonio Brown, and Michael Thomas. And I'm putting Devontae Adams at four. Uh, and I think Antonio Brown uh, and Devontae Adams is slowly getting closer just because of Antonio Brown's issues off the field. But this was a great game for the Saints. Uh, everybody kind of was a little... Uh, skeptical for the Saints because they kind of didn't play their best football as of late um, but they did beat a good Nick Foles team and beating Nick Foles in the playoffs isn't easy um, and they were finally able to do it you know Tyson Hill was used a lot in this game uh, I think that just shows the creativeness that Sean Payton has uh, he's using a quarterback which is the side who is the size of a linebacker um, he's just making these schemes up and it just confuses the hell out of teams and they don't really know what to do with him because you usually don't see a running back who can throw the ball who has the the arm of a quarterback and who can catch and block and do all this to return punts block punts he does it all um and I, every time Tyson, Taysom Hill goes off, I get, you know, mentions, I get texts saying, you know, why the Packers cut Taysom Hill? And, you know, I get it. We cut somebody who has now, you know, turned the backup quarterback position into a weapon. Uh, but Mike McCarthy wasn't going to use him the way uh, Sean Payton is. Mike McCarthy was going to sit him behind uh, with Brett Hundley then. He's going to sit him behind Aaron Rodgers and Brett Hundley, stick him on the practice squad, inactivate him for every game, uh, and then maybe activate him if Rodgers or Hundley gets hurt, whatever. We were never going to use Taysom Hill uh, to the same level that the Saints were. I know we wanted to bring him back on the practice squad, um, but the Saints saw something in Taysom Hill that the Packers just didn't see at the time, that the NFL just didn't see at the time. Uh, and a guy who... You know, he played at BYU. Um, he had a lot of big offers to schools, but because of his religion, he went to BYU to play. Um, he had a lot of injuries in his time at BYU, and that's, I think, why he fell in the draft, why he became um, uh, 
undrafted. It's because of these injuries. But he has just been a hard ass worker since coming into this league. He's just he made he almost made the Packers and then he ended up making the Saints and now he's sort of carved out his position. He's changed the way people view backup quarterbacks. And I you know I talked about it earlier on the show. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch and uh, I don't really know what the Saints are going to do with him in the future if they view him as a potential franchise guy. I don't know, but uh, certainly how they're using him now is is really fun to watch. So with that, um, we're going to talk like we did last week about the four losers. Where do they go from here? Uh, what kind of things do they have to do? What kind of things do they have to look forward to? Uh, or what kind of things do they not have to look forward to in the offseason? Um, so we'll start with the Colts. Uh, they have the brightest future out of any of these teams that lost today, lost this weekend. Um, they have... One of the best offensive lines in football. It's very young, very good. They got one of the best young, well, it's not young, but new, young in terms of NFL experience, um, in terms of head coaching, Frank Reich. Um, they got some pretty good weapons on offense in T.Y. Hilton, who's a top you know, 10, top 15 wide receiver. Uh, they found some good running backs this year, some nice young running backs. Uh, and Andrew Luck is one of the best quarterbacks in all of football. Defensive side, they have Darius Leonard, who is... I think going to be the defensive rookie of the year. They got a lot of young, talented players in that defense. Uh, their defensive coordinator, his name's slipping me. Um, he is a very good defensive coordinator in terms of making his talent on the defense a lot better than what uh, it is. Uh, and I think he'll be a head coaching candidate within the next one to two years. Um, then you look at what they have in the offseason. I believe they have the most cap room out of anybody if they want to spend the money to go get a big-name free agent, Le'Veon Bell. Um, and they have about nine draft picks, I believe. So this team is set up. They got some good coaching. They got uh, some young talent on the offensive line. Quentin Nelson, if we were seriously doing, if we took Rookie of the Year seriously, um, the best rookie this year, was Quentin Nelson uh, on that offensive line, but we don't we don't respect offensive linemen, so we don't talk about that. But Quentin Nelson has clearly been the best rookie uh, out of this whole draft, uh, and they're going to have him for another 15, 16 years, depending on no in- depending on injuries. But uh, he is going to be a staple on that offensive line for a while. And uh, if I'm a Colts fan, that's what excites me the most. Not not Darius Leonard, who Darius Leonard is one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. Um, not Malik Hooker, not Andrew Luck being healthy. Uh, it's Quentin Nelson. To say you have Quentin Nelson as your guard for the next 15, 16 years, uh, that's got to give you some confidence. Next, we'll talk about the Cowboys. The Cowboys are, an in, are in an interesting spot. I think they are uh, kind of in a spot where the Bengals were uh, with Jason Garrett. You know, they don't want to fire Jason Garrett just like the Bengals didn't want to fire Marvin Lewis. Um, I think Jason Garrett, you know, he had a 10-win season this year. He, he, he won a playoff game. you got to give him that. Um, but he's not going to be a guy to take you to the Super Bowl. He's not going to be a guy to win you these matchups. Um, so if I were them, I would just clean house with him and I'd get a new coach. But it's obviously late in the season. They can't do that right now. All the good candidates are kind of picked through. Um, but Chris Richards is a very good candidate in itself. You know, if they want to start looking at him some more, you know, that wouldn't be the dumbest idea in the world. They got a lot of options, um, but they won't fire Jason Garrett. I'm just telling you right now. Jerry Jones likes Jason Garrett. Um, he likes the way he acts, even though he's not, I think, the answer there. Um, I feel like Jerry Jones doesn't like change that much. 
Um, and I think getting rid of Jason Garrett uh, is too much change too quickly for him. And I, I don't think he wants to take that risk. Uh, they do have Amari Cooper. They do have Van Der Esch. You know, they acquired a lot of talent this year. Um, I think if, if Mari Cooper can kind of uh, become, you know, that number one receiver we saw in the last couple of games, that's going to be a big help. Uh, Van Der Esch, if he can just continue what he's doing, uh, that's in more help. Um, they got to sign Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, he is their best pass rusher. They're going to have to sign him to a big deal. Um, and they're also going to have to figure out what they want to do with Dak. Uh, if they want to sign Dak Prescott to a big deal, it's going to have to happen soon. Uh, and it's going to cost them a lot of money to sign uh, Dak Prescott uh, You know, in this day and age with quarterbacks. He's not the best quarterback in the league. He's not even, I don't think, top 15. But uh, he is going to have to demand a pretty big contract if you're going to commit to him as your franchise quarterback. Um, and then you're going to have to pay Zeke Elliott a couple years. So... They got a lot of things going on right now in Dallas, and I, I don't know if they want to pay Dak, but, you know, like I said, Jerry Jones doesn't like change. Uh, so if they decide to not pay him, they're going to have to find another guy. Um, I think Ezekiel Elliott is their franchise. I think you got to make sure you keep him happy, you keep feeding him the ball, and I think you'll be okay. But you need to make sure you keep uh, him happy. Um, and that includes paying him. You don't want to take money to Dak Prescott, who I think is not going to be your answer. Um, you don't want to take money out of Zeke's pocket to pay Dak Prescott. So that's basically what I'm saying. Uh, next game, Chargers. This is another interesting team. Phillip Rivers is getting up there in age. He's getting older. Uh, he's got maybe three to four years at best. Uh, maybe two of those years will be at the level he's at right now. He had his best season, I think, in his entire career, this late in his career, which is you know a plus. Uh, maybe he'll do that next year. Uh, I think they need more talent on the offensive side. Uh, I think they need um, some more playmakers like Keenan Allen. Uh, having Hunter Henry back for a full season is going to help them a lot. Um, you know, He was active in this game, but he didn't do much. Uh, so that's going to be a huge key for them. As far as Melvin Gordon goes, he wasn't healthy the last couple games. That was a huge problem. Um, they got Derwin James, who is one of the best defensive players, um, defensive rookies, so that's a Good plus. Joey Bosa is one of the best pass rushers. Their defense is good. If it was them, um, I'd think in to maybe drafting a wide receiver. Um, I know you took Mike Williams, and he came on a little bit more this year, but I just don't think he's the he's the answer right now. Um, so I'd look into maybe taking a wide receiver um, this draft or, or a linebacker. I think they could use some uh, more help on their defense. But they do have a lot of talent, and I think this game, uh, they just had a bad scheme. It's really hard to beat the Patriots. I think they kind of got they got dealt the short straw um, uh, coming into this game. You know, nobody wants to play the Patriots in Foxborough, and the and the Chargers had to. So I mean, that wasn't a good idea. It wasn't a good matchup for them in the first place. But still, they got to win those type of games. Uh, and you know, now with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid leading the charge in that division uh, in the AFC West, it's going to be more difficult to win those type of divisional games. Um, so I think they really got to win the division if they want to make a shot at getting to the Super Bowl. And uh, you know, because I don't think they want to play the Patriots in Foxborough anymore. I don't think anybody does. Uh, so they're gonna have to win that division, which is gonna be tough with Andy Reid and the Pat Mahomes show there uh, in Kansas City. But they do have talent. They do have a lot of young talent. Derwin James was a fantastic pick. Um, I think they could still bolster that defensive line a little bit more. I mean, that offensive line a little bit more. Um, their defensive line could use a little bit more inside pressure. 
but they do have a lot of different things working for them. Uh, so you got to give them credit in that aspect. So, I mean, they do have a bright future. Uh, they made it all the way to the divisional round. Uh, and I think with a couple more pieces, I think they could end up making a little bit better, a little bit stronger of a run next year. So we'll watch that as that goes. Eagles. The Eagles have the most confusing road ahead of them out of all the losers from this weekend. What are they going to do at quarterback? they got to pay a lot of free agents this offseason. This offseason, I had the list in front of me, but it is a lot. Uh, I don't have it right now. Maybe I could try to look for it real quick while I'm talking. But they have to have a lot uh, of things to work on this offseason. The first thing is the quarterback position. Do you sign Nick Foles back? Um, I know a lot of people are going to say no. Uh, Here's the free agents list. I just pulled it up. They're going to have to sign maybe Nick Foles, uh, Brandon Graham, Golden Tate, Darren Sproles, who I think is going to retire, uh, Jay Ajayi, Ronald Darby, Jordan Hicks, Chris Long, Jordan Matthews, Elodie Nana, Mike Wallace. Uh, all these guys are key pieces that they're going to have to re-sign. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing, though, you got to figure out before all that uh, is do you re-sign Nick Foles? Uh, he is... Um, an interesting story. I think you go with Carson Wentz. Still, I think Carson Wentz wasn't completely healthy this year. I think you stick with him. Um, Carson is a very good quarterback, very good young quarterback, and I think he is the, the, the caliber of player to be a franchise quarterback. I just don't think, think Nick Foles does it. I can't explain why he does so well in the in the, uh, um, in the playoffs at the end of the year, but a lot of his passes are 50-50 balls anyways. I just don't think he is what Carson Wentz could be. Um, so I think you sign, uh, uh, you get rid of Nick Foles and you sign Carson Wentz uh, to his extension in a couple years. He's still got a couple more years. Um, so if you do want to move on from him, if he's just not performing like he was, uh, then you go ahead and get rid of him. But uh, I think you do get rid of Nick Foles, uh, and they are going to have to find a little bit more talent on the outside, uh, maybe drafting some receivers. Uh, but at the end of the day, they do need help in the secondary. I think they use the second most players in the secondary this year behind Green Bay. Um, so they do need to find some kind of uh, some more of uh, shutdown corners. So I think that will be a, something they'll look at in the draft. Um, but they do have a lot of holes to fill. The Super Bowl team uh, is slowly unraveling. Um, and the, these pass rushers, start, rushers are starting to leave. Um, so there is a lot of things they got to recuperate uh, if they want to get back to the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, coaching updates. I'm not really sure where we got um, on the last show. But as you know, Adam Gase was hired by the Jets. I like that hiring a lot. Uh, Zach Taylor was hired by the Bengals. I'm not so sure I like that hire. Um, I think Zach Taylor is ex- – direct connection to Sean McVay, and I think that's why they wanted him. Uh, I don't think Jared Goff has looked that good this year. Um, I don't think Jared Goff is, is as good as everybody says. Um, so I'm not really sure why they decided to go ahead and get him, but I guess they just want another Sean McVay guy. So we'll see what happens there. Um, at the end of the day, a fresh face around the the uh, um, around the Bengals organization is always good, so we got to give them credit for that. Uh What's the next one? Vic Fangio, I already said. I believe I already said he got hired by the Broncos. Um, and then it looks like Brian Flores is going to get hired uh, for the Dolphins, the ex-defense defense coordinator for the Patriots right now, which is just another way to get at another Bill Belichick disciple. Um, so there's that. Uh, coordinator, coordinator hires. Um, 
Chuck Pagano was hired by the Bears as to be the defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes was hired by the Browns to be their defensive coordinator. Uh, and Greg Williams was hired by the Jets to be their defensive coordinator. So three real ex-head coaches. Uh, I guess you can't really count Greg Williams as a head coach, but he was the interim for the Browns. All went to finding some pretty good jobs there uh, in the coordinator circuit. So they're looking to bounce back, maybe another job in a couple of years. Um, but this, those are all good hires. I love when... Um, teams hire ex-head coaches as their coordinators. Um, I think it gives a little bit more maturity to the locker room. I think players respect former head coaches a little bit more. Uh, you got to hire the right guy, though. You can't just hire somebody who thinks he's all, you know, hot crap just because he was an ex-head coach. If you find a guy like that, then he's going to be cocky and he's going to pollute the locker room. But you find the right guy, you find the right mix of guys, definitely it's a good decision, and I, I love when teams do that. Uh but that's it for that. We're going to talk about some NBA here. But before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy Dom at D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, you can find a cheap, you can get a cheap haircut um, at D's Home Cuts. But when I say cheap, I don't mean cheap as in it's a crappy haircut because they are fantastic cuts. Let me tell you, uh, me and Truman and about 90% of the guests we've had on the show have gotten their haircut at D's Home Cuts. Uh, and we have never looked or felt better. Uh, so go check him out on Instagram. If you don't believe me, he has his cuts posted there, a lot of videos. Uh, send him a DM if you want to set up an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. Day 68, folks. That's where we're at with Carmelo Anthony. We're at 68 days since he has had, since he has played in the uh, NBA, in an NBA game. It's tough to say. Um, I'm not going to lie, we're still waiting on certain things. Every other day you're getting a video um, of him working in the gym. So you can see he's staying ready, but it's getting tougher and tougher to uh, to uh, uh, swallow every single day. But I'm telling you, uh, if he does retire, which you know, if you would ask me a couple weeks ago if he was retiring, I would say hell no. Um, but I just don't know where he's at right now. I haven't heard any sort of rumors or anything like that. If he does retire, I will be opening my recruitment. Um, and announcing that live on the show. So we'll see what happens there. Um, James Harden, though, last night scored 57 points. Uh, I believe that's like um, that's his third 50-point game from the season. But doesn't he have um, yeah, 17 straight games? He scored over 30 points. He's going to win the MVP again. He, was, he kind of took the... Uh, the Rockets back into his hands. I, I when he was with when I was watching a couple games when Carmelo was there, it really didn't seem like the his former self. You know, he just seemed kind of uh, out of it. Uh, he was really missing a lot of threes, and I just you know I watched Harden in the past, but not like up close. And I was like, is this what everybody's talking about? But he is the best player in the league. He is just cons. He's just a scoring machine. You can't deny that. Uh, he has just been an absolute force this season, and 57 points last night uh, was absolutely amazing for him. Uh, Nick Collison is going to get his number retired by the Thunder. I believe that's the first number going to be retired by the Thunder. Um, Collison wasn't uh, an outstanding player during his career, uh, but he played, I believe, 15 seasons between the Sonics and the Thunder, um, and he was just—he is the epitome of a good teammate. Uh, he was, you know, a fan favorite there for a couple of years for a, his whole career. Um, and he just showed up every single day ready to work, and you got to give a guy credit like that. Um, and it's cool to see his number being retiring because he was the Oklahoma City Thunder through and through. And I believe, you know, the next number to get retired um, is going to be Russell Westbrook. Um, 
there. Or, you know, that begs the question, do they retire Kevin Durant's? You don't, I don't really know. We can talk about that later at another date, but that's interesting too um, for that. Uh, another basketball news, this isn't NBA, I know, uh, but the Syracuse uh but Syracuse beat Duke last night, 95-91, to on the road, uh, which was really exciting. You know, they lost to Georgia Tech, I think, at home, like, two days before that. Uh, they got trounced by Georgia Tech. Uh, I think this was the biggest upset that the Syracuse Orange has ever been in a couple in a while, or maybe even in history. Um, but they came out, they played hard, um, and they won the game, you know, 95-91. You know, Duke's 4-2 and right now, um, which isn't great, but... Uh, but again, Zion Wilmerson is one of the best players in college basketball, and I think Duke is going to be right there at the number one seed come March. So we'll see what happens there. We're going to talk a little baseball right now, but before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy Andrew at A's Lawn Service. Uh, A's Lawn Service since 2014 has been providing professional lawn care uh, to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with the best landscaping uh possible at the fairest price turn to A's. trust me you will not be disappointed i know it's winter um but it's never too early to start thinking about how you want your lawn to look in the spring uh you know maybe you were pretty disappointed at your lawn care abilities this this uh season uh this summer and fall uh you know you're outshined by your neighbors turn to A's. don't worry about it don't stress on it he'll take care of it he'll make it look great make it look better than your neighbors make him jealous uh so A's lawn service uh the phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is launchservice.as at gmail.com. Give them a call, send them an email, uh, and get ready for the spring. A's Lawn Service LLC, you grow it, we cut it. Baseball. Uh, quick story real quick. Manny Machado got an eight-year offer from the White Sox. The White Sox have been doing every single thing they can to get Manny Machado. They signed John Jay. Uh, who is Machado's best friend, one of his best friends. They uh, Machado's brother together. They are really trying to get Machado to come to Chicago. Uh, and why wouldn't they? You know, he's a big star. Uh, they haven't had a big star there in a while. Uh, they have a Brayu, but he's not really, you know, big. He's just a consistent hitter. Um, but they want somebody to be able to market, and I think Machado's that type of guy. Uh, so Machado... I think that's the best place he's going to land, best offer he's going to get. Uh, so that's what I would do if I were him. But eight years, he hasn't accepted it yet. Kyler Murray is the story I wanted to talk about. I know this story could float between baseball and football, uh, but we are going to talk about this. He was offered. So if you haven't, no, we'll catch you up a little bit. We talked about it on the last show. Um, he has been contemplating. We'll catch you up to where it's at right now. He has been contemplating playing football. Uh, he was picked by the A's in the first round. I think he was number nine. Uh, and he got like a pretty big signing bonus. I, I think it was, I don't know. I can't really remember the dollar. I don't want to speculate um, with for the A's. But the A's said, the Oakland Athletics said, you know, go ahead and play football. Uh, you're going to be the starting quarterback for the uh, the Sooners. Everybody kind of expected that. Uh, I think Kyler Murphy told them that he really wants to play football. They said, no big deal. Go ahead, play football. Uh, take the season, play football. You know your contract and your uh, your invite to spring training will be ready next season. Um, so he did that. He went and played football. I said on the show when he made that decision that chances are if he goes out there and he wins the Heisman and he plays well, he might want to play football more than he wants to play baseball. And that's exactly what happened. Um, 
it started to come out that Kyler really wanted to play football. Um, he wanted to enter the draft, um, and he is going to be a first-round pick, I truly believe. Um, no quarterbacks under six foot have ever been taken in the first round, but I think Kyler Murphy is going to be paving the way for all our short guys out there, myself included. Um, and he is going to be the first first round pick quarterback under six foot. Um, <clears throat> but I guess the other day he met with the Athletics, and I guess they offered him fifteen million dollars to stay with them. Um, and he thought about it for a couple days, but yesterday it came out he is entering the NFL draft. Uh, he is going to be. Uh, going to the Combine, and it's looking like he will not be with the Oakland Athletics. If I'm an Oakland Athletics fan, I'm pissed, but I think I'm sort of understanding it um, because I'm a football fan, and I played football, and uh, I played quarterback and flag football, and I know how fun it is to play quarterback, and uh, you know, I heard it on a show the other day. Um, there's nothing like playing starting quarterback for a football team, especially in the NFL. That's a dream every kid has, no matter how much you love baseball, basketball. Everybody at one point in their in their uh, childhood uh, took the ball out to the backyard and started throwing it around, pretending they were the quarterback for their favorite team. Um, and Kyler's been able to do that. He dominated the college scene this year. Uh, he had tons of fun while doing it. And, yeah, people were saying, you know, why would he do this, you know, Baseball, you have more of the ability to make more money later on in your career. It's a longer career. Um, but football, if you're good, you can make that type of money in a shorter span of time. If you can get to that second contract, um, you'll make a lot of money. And he is going. if he gets picked in the first round, he is going to get a start at least one time in his career. He can't. You can't guarantee that with football, with baseball. Um, I don't think there's ever been a quarterback picked in the first round that hasn't gotten at least one start in the NFL. Even Paxton Lynch, who was terrible, got a start in the NFL. Um, so you can pretty much guarantee he will get at least one or two starting performance opportunities uh, for, for whatever team he is picked by. Um, you can't guarantee that in baseball. You know, Let's say he goes to the minors and, God forbid, something happens and he gets an injury and he's out for the rest of his career. God forbid he goes to the minors and he's stuck there for the rest of his life because he just can't develop that certain tool to make him major league ready you know it's just he wants to be a star and he wants to be a star now you know big time prospects you know it takes them at best two to three years to get to the mlb um and kyler murphy kyler murray is going to get to the nfl and he's going to be on the front lines of every single paper as soon as he does it as soon as as soon as he does it um as far as 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 terms of where he'll go I think he'll be the second quarterback behind Haskins. I know a lot of teams are going to be looking at Kyler Murray um, to lead their franchise, uh, but I think Haskins will be the number one guy. I think he's always been the number one guy just because he's more pro-ready. Uh, but it is going to be interesting to see what you know kind of happens with this. You know, Let's say his career starts to fold. Does he go back to baseball? Um, usually people go from baseball to football not football to baseball, um, but we'll see what Kyler decides to do. But right now he's entering the NFL draft. He's an NFL player. Uh, so now every single story we talk about with Kyler Murray is going to be in the NFL. Um, but that's it for our show today. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, we ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Uh, follow us now on Spotify. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, type in TNT Sports Talk, and you will find us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. 
that's where you're going to want to be if you want to get the early notice about what's going on uh, on Thursday's show, which we are so excited for. We cannot wait. Uh, you can also send us DMs, questions, comments, concerns on Twitter. We follow back on Twitter. That's the place to be uh, if you want to interact with us. If you want to be a guest on the show, if you actually want to come in and be on this podcast, uh, or maybe phone in if you're far away. Uh, we can do phone interviews. It doesn't matter. You can come on, give your sports take, do a little interview if you're a pro athlete, whatever. Um, we'd love to have you on. Send us a DM on Twitter. Follow us on. Listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 7 to 8 a.m. 12 OunceSports.com. Check us out on your way to work, um, wherever. Just go check out 12 Ounce, even if you are listening to us on iTunes or Spotify. They are a great sports website, up and coming. Check them out. Find us also on YouTube at TNT, uh, TNT Sports Talk, I believe, is just the YouTube channel name. Uh, I know that's not the easiest way to listen to it, but if something you don't have a Spotify, you don't have iTunes, uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, other than that, have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. Guys, you're going to want to listen to Thursday's show. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be a little different. We are very excited to bring you what we have on Thursday. Uh, it's been in the works for the last couple of weeks, maybe days, I don't know. Uh, so you're going to want to check it out. Uh, so check us in on Thursday. Um, and have a great day. And like I said, tune in on Thursday, guys. Thanks.